Okay, so today, slash tonight, I thought I would do something a bit different um, because I'm finding that when I try to talk in a very soft volume, um, my throat gets tired more easily. So I thought I would just speak in a normalish volume today and then depending on what app you're using, you can either turn the volume down or you can change the the audio settings in general or you can even change the speed to make it a little bit lower um, a lot of people seem to change the speed of sleep apps because it just gives the, it gives it a more of a lulling capacity and also it can stretch out the time of the recording as well so today I'm going to start with a children's book so if you have any children they can listen to that one as well and then once that one, obviously being a children's book, it's not very big, but I thought it might be a little bit more interesting. And then once you're a little bit sleepy, I'm, I'm really struggling to find books. I have boxes of them somewhere and I cannot find them. And so I keep going through random stuff to find some books and I keep finding these most random books. I'm pretty sure none of them are owned by me, <laughs> but I've inherited them or borrowed them. So the second one is called Nutritional Medicine, Fact and Fiction, 4th edition, by Dr. Igor Tabrizian, Tabrizian. Um, <laughs> with a passive-aggressive warning. Warning, this book contains explicit biochemical pathways and therefore is not suitable for doctors. So what's interesting about this book is at the time, I think it was probably quite controversial and was probably considered very, you know, woo-woo. Um, but now a lot of these things are very basic as far as um, medicine goes. And it's not that old. It looks older than it is. It's only from 2002. Look, this one was printed in 2002. Um, but, yeah, we'll get to that one. Some of them are a bit more mainstream than others, definitely, from looking at this contents. But we shall start with The Bear Detective by Stan and Jan Berenstain. Berenstain? Yeah, that'll do. Okay. And this has an inscription on it. And at first I was trying to work out who this belonged to because the dates didn't add up. But now I'm wondering if maybe it's also from a second-hand bookstore. Or it could belong to a family member who I'm not sure of. Anyway, the inscription says, very nice writing. Uh, from Brett Wallace, playmate next door, 6th birthday, 1977. So, if by some coincidence you're out there, Brett, thank you for the book. The Bear Detectives, The Case of the Missing Pumpkin. And by the looks of it, it's a... Oh, okay, it's a beginner book. That suits me just fine. The Bear Detectives. Will they solve the case? Farmer Ben, who looks very worried, will he get his pumpkin back? The missing pumpkin, where can it be? 
the spooky stranger. Who can it be? Papa Bear and Snuff. Will they be much help? Snuff is a strange name for a dog, I feel. I mean, Sniff or Snuffly, but Snuff sounds a bit dark. Uh, will the bear detectives get their bear? Help, my pumpkin won first prize at the fair and now I can't find it anywhere. Do not worry, Farmer Ben, the bear detectives will find it again. Oh, there's some rhyming. Your prize pumpkin stolen? Never fear. Great bear detective Pop is here. I will find it, you will see. Just watch my old dog Snuff and me. But Papa, our bear detective book will tell us how to catch the crook. Lesson one. First, look around for any tracks on the ground. Don't waste your time with books and stuff. We're on the trail, just follow Snuff. We'll catch that crook. We'll show you how. Snuff and I will catch the cow. Snuff has led his way to a cow who he seems to be booping on the nose. Say, look down there. Do you see what I see? There's a wheelbarrow. The track going by this tree. Let me rephrase that. There's a wheelbarrow track going by this tree. Also, the cow... Uh, prior to that, chased them up the tree. A good detective writes things down. Checked out a cow, white and brown. The track ends here, what shall we do? Well, in the book it says, lesson two, look all around and find another clue. Hmm, you can't look around as much as you please. I'm going to follow these carrots and peas, and eggshells and corn cobs and other stuff. This must be the way. Let's go, Snuff. Munch, munch, crunch, gobble. Listen, Snuff, hear that munching? That pumpkin thief is pumpkin munching. Okay, thief, you've munched your last... Your last pumpkin-stealing days are past. Look, here. Look here, Papa Bear. We found a new clue over there. You see, we found a pumpkin leaf. Meanwhile... Papa Pig has found himself in a pigsty. The pigs were just munching on their scraps. Aha, you found a pumpkin leaf. Just show me where you found this leaf, then I will find that pumpkin thief. And now the little bear detectives are giving Papa Bear a wash down because he got dirty in the pigsty. The pumpkin thief, I found him, Snuff. Let's grab him quick, he sure looks tough. Be careful, Pop. Lesson three in the book says before you leap, be sure to look. In a cornfield, and there's some sunflowers around. And the puppet bear looks like he's about to jump on what could either be a witch or a scarecrow. And now, <laughs> turning the page, he's gotten into a kerfuffle. Hang on, Snuff, hold him tight. This pumpkin thief can really fight. Did you find any clues in that scarecrow, Pop? Shall we keep on looking or shall we stop? That's pretty good. That's a scarecrow. Hmm, checked out a cow, three pigs in a pen, and a scarecrow owned by Farmer Ben. Found some tracks and a pumpkin leaf. Still haven't found that pumpkin thief. Look, by that haystack. I see something blue. It's the first prize ribbon. That's a very good clue. A haystack, the perfect place to hide. I'll bet the thief is right inside. Pumpkin thief, don't try to run. Your pumpkin-stealing days are done.
Yep, Tata. Little bear is trying to warn his dad of something. I was trying to say I don't think the thief is in that hay. Papa Bear got launched by some tractor with some teeth. Hmm, Ben's haystack is another spot where the pumpkin thief is not. Say, look over there. Look in that door. Pumpkin seeds all over the floor. That's uh, the little little bears who suggested that. He's in the barn. This is it. Hand me that detective kit. I'll snap on those handcuffs. I'll take him to jail. Pumpkin thief, it's the end of the trail. Old snuff, this may be tough. It looks like we've caught a whole gang of crooks. There's lots of beady eyes staring at them. Hmm. Checked out a cow, brown and white. Checked out a scarecrow after a fight. Checked out a haystack, three pigs in a pen. Put the cuff on Farmer Ben's hen. Found some tracks, a ribbon, a leaf, some pumpkin seeds, but still no thief. In case you missed that, the room was full of chickens. Small bear, I guess you better look at what it says there in your book. Lesson four. Here's how it goes. A good detective will use his nose. Hmm. Pumpkin seeds, pumpkin shell, and I smell a pumpkin smell. Come and get your pumpkin pies. The pumpkin was pied by Mrs. Ben. This case is solved. Good work, men. The bear detectives have done it again. Mm. My dear, you and I will share first prize. Me for the pumpkin and you for the pies. So, Farmer Ben's wife took the prize-winning pumpkin to make some tasty pumpkin pies. Not bad, not bad. So, on to... Nutritional medicine, fact and fiction. So, I feel like we will skip the forward. Because I, in case it's as passive aggressive as the front page. So, sorry. The first chapter. So there's a forward and an introduction. And a preface to the third edition. Because this is the fourth one. Uh, actually, let's read the preface because that might have some information in it. Well, we've got some acknowledgements as well. Let's read those. I would like to thank the following people for their direct and indirect help. Mr. Peter Dale of the Cancer Support Association of WA for allowing me to vent my spleen in the Cancer Wellness Newsletter where most of these short papers were published. Dr. Mike Stanbridge for his forward, technical help and constant inspiration for over a quarter of a century. Mrs. Val Allen for opening new avenues of understanding for me. Mrs. Betty Foster for keeping an eye on me. Sheena Martin who predicted that I would do this. Dr. Don Watts for teaching me real chemistry. Dr. Ted Haywood for allowing lateral thinking in his ward. Mr. David Hayden for his technical support and lateralism. Good word. Mr. Les Bartalis for his constant support. Mrs. Mary Paul, connoisseur of ovine products for her incisive proofreading, and Mr. John Bryant for his constructive criticism. So from what I can tell, this was uh, produced in Western Australia. I'm not sure if that's where the author is from, however. So, preface to the fourth edition. 
Some doctors may criticise this book because it does not contain lots of double-blind trials. Apparently logic is not good enough. I mean, that's not. <laughs> if you have vitamin C deficiency, you could not make noradrenaline. To starve someone of vitamin C to prove this is an unethical experiment. Apparently ethics don't count either. We need more drugs. As predicted, that was a little passive-aggressive. I did not write this book for doctors. They have been so effectively brainwashed. Oh god, okay. I'm not reading that. <laughs> it's kind of... I don't want to get shade for this. Plus, even when someone's uh, style of expressing their opinion is not good, it doesn't mean that the information that's in their brain or that they've researched is inaccurate. So let's avoid that bias and head to chapter one. Zinc, zinc, my kingdom for some zinc. Zinc is important for so many enzyme systems ranging from liver function to DNA synthesis, serotonin production, sex hormone production, insulin production, stabilization of mast cells, including, oh yes, mast cells, which cause itching when they release histamine, immune function, and preventing free radical buildup. Most of the cancer patients I see have low, low zinc levels. Zinc deficiency is associated with diabetes. You know, I'm actually, I'm just going to see, because if he's seeing cancer patients, I'm curious as to what kind of doctor he is. I'm just going to quickly look this up. Could have done so beforehand, but that is not my style. Oh, it came up very quickly on Google as soon as I put in uh, the first two letters of his name. Okay. Biomedical expert. Experienced physician and GP with a dedication to practice of functional medicine. So again, you know, in 2002, functional medicine was not very well known. Functional medicine is being used by a lot of doctors now, and it's also promoted by uh, pharmacists as well. So that's interesting. Um, well, yeah, there's also some negative posts, but they seem to go... Uh, Back to 2010. Hmm. I mean, from the looks of it, it's definitely not, you know, the only thing that he's using. He's still um, recommending normal treatments. Not normal, sorry. Standardised treatments. Okay. There you go. He's a physician. Um, where are we? Most of the cancer patients I see have low zinc levels. Zinc deficiency is associated with diabetes, raised cholesterol, heart disease, anorexia, allergies, recurrent infections, delayed wound healing, arthritis, hair loss, pimples, eczema, infertility, depression, insomnia, learning disorders, and hyperactivity in children. And midsummer night zinc deficiency. Zinc sits between copper and gallium and above cadmium and mercury on the periodic table. Unfortunately, it's all bad news when it comes to this mineral. A detailed list of foods that contain zinc will show just how unplentiful it is compared with iron or calcium, and to compound the problem is the variation of zinc levels in soils where such products are grown. 
Zinc is the cornerstone of many nutritional deficiencies because it is required for making stomach acid. No, despite what you hear from medical profession, stomach acid is a good thing to have. Humans have lots of stomach acid for thousands of years until recently. Now we are finding that hyperchloridemia, low stomach acid, is associated with many medical problems. I have, am aware of that. I know people who have low stomach acid and it does cause a lot of problems. Low stomach acid starts a chain of events which eventually disable correct nutrition. The body absorbs zinc by producing an acid called picolinic acid. This is released by the pancreas during mealtimes and binds zinc along with several other trace elements to facilitate its absorption. Problems occur because the amount of this acid is reduced if stomach acid is low. This leads to an eventual spiraling drop in zinc levels, which is insidious. The irony is that if you can't produce stomach acid, your pancreas won't help you absorb the zinc, and if you can't absorb the zinc, you can't make stomach acid. Sounds like a catch-22. The next problem is, what does a plant include in its structure if it can't get enough zinc? Plants can grow in zinc and selenium deficient soils without apparent change in appearance. Unfortunately, trace elements, trace element substitution can occur, which will fill up zinc spot with some other mineral. There is concern that superphosphates contain cadmium as a contaminant and that cadmium will substitute for zinc. Cadmium is a toxic heavy metal. Cadmium is um, used in a lot of toxic paints actually. Very beautiful toxic paints. Now the really bad news. It is possible that not only could one consume foods that are low in zinc and not be able to absorb them, but also, worst of all, they may contain a toxic heavy metal such as cadmium or mercury or other minerals such as copper. Now you see the problem with zinc's position in the periodic table, location, location, location. Moreover, if the body accumulates copper as a result, this will further inhibit absorption of zinc. Cadmium competes for absorption with zinc also. Cadmium has been implicated in the genesis of prostate cancer and atherosclerosis. What about loss of zinc? Zinc is secreted into bodily fluids as an antiseptic. That's why low levels are associated with sore throats, lung infections, gastroenteritis, ulcers, urinary tract infections, and thrush. Diuretics, things that make you go to the toilet, lower zinc levels. Mmm... So I, we don't need to go into that. <laughs> this includes the ACE inhibitors. Um, so, Captopril, Enalapril, Lasix and other diuretics, coffee, tea, alcohol, and even the food, even the food additive Tartazine, additive 102, which is just about everything, yellow, green or orange. Some people sweat zinc as zinc chloride. This explains uh, why many levels may be lower in summer. Hence the comment about midsummer deficiency. Then there's a problem with zinc storage. The syndrome of estrogen dominance, where there is an apparent lack of progesterone or an improperly high estrogen level, has been associated with low zinc levels. The combination of all of the above factors availability, soils, contaminants, digestion, losses, and storage problems account for the high prevalence of zinc deficiency. 
A pound of flesh yields much zinc. Yes, animal flesh contains plentiful, easily absorbed zinc. So what are the common manifestations of zinc deficiency? Zinc falls during the day, and so low levels are often encountered in the late afternoon. Hypoglycemia, low blood sugar, usually develops two to three hours after a meal. So the first hypos begin about three to four, when the patient looks for a sugar fix. The next spot is about 10.30 to 11 a.m. Those with low zinc tend to, eat, tend to need to eat frequently. It may cause poor concentration or mental apathy. Low zinc are associated with sleep disturbances. If the body runs low on zinc, the first symptoms may be disrupted sleep pattern or circadian rhythm. Uh, these people have sleep patterns. These people have poor sleep patterns. Then there's a the problem of allergies, eczema, dermatitis, hay fever, and asthma. Zinc deficiency is associated with depression and disrupted sleep cycles because you need it to make serotonin and melatonin. Uh, when could such a deficiency start at birth? Question mark. So this little diagram. No, we don't need to read that. Um, how to make serotonin and melatonin? The seven ages of man. What is it to have a life without zinc? Let's take the example of mother and baby with zinc deficiency. Mother has become depleted in zinc during pregnancy and may be breastfeeding. Her low zinc levels have produced problems with her brain, making the happy chemical serotonin, which has caused postnatal depression. She is also low in, low in melatonin, which is the sleep chemical, which the next step down from serotonin. Baby is low in zinc and develops hypoglycemia. Baby needs extra frequent feeds and is either a reflux baby or a colicky baby. Low stomach acid leads to poor digestion. Baby also can't sleep properly because of low melatonin. Some manifest as allergies, such as eczema or hay fever. Ironically, the parent may start to exclude dairy products in an effort to reduce dairy-induced mucus symptoms, but dairy products are the main source of zinc for a child. Next comes the frequent colds, sore throats and, and ear infections. Especially during times of growth spurts, Increased DNA synthesis for growing puts pressure on zinc stores. Or the, zinc, or the skin will flare up from eczema, thrush or warts. Viruses don't like zinc. If the eczema gets infected, they can't mount an effective immune reaction and so secondary infections such as staph or fungus will complicate the issue and confuse the doctor who uses cortisone creams. Because of the one hand, they suppress the eczema and fungal infection, but they will aggravate any bacterial infection. Zinc deficiency may manifest in the lung and cause asthma. These children are usually fussy eaters. They lose their sense of smell and so are reliant upon taste, salt, sweet, sour or bitter. In the case of vegetables, they tend to like peas or carrots because they can taste the sweetness, but avoid other vegetables with innate bitterness that would normally be masked by the aroma of the plant. These children also have low stomach acid, which might, them, which might make them sensitive to acidic foods such as grapes, citrus and tomatoes. These foods will either give them a headache, abdominal pains, or skin problems, and, uh, and poor sleep. They will either be hyperactive or moody and suffer the hypoglycemic effects with features such as pre-dinner tantrums and temper outbursts. They often have a persistently runny nose but react strangely to anti-skin medications. Later, they may develop anorexia, bulimia, acne, or teenage depression. 
If they are infected with glandular fever virus, they will not recover quickly and have a high chance of developing chronic fatigue syndrome. If they have a baby, then the cycle starts all over again. Later in life, if they will have a high chance of diabetes, raised cholesterol, arthritis, depression, and cancer. Alas, poor Yorick. This is all very dramatic, isn't it? Zinc, zinc, wherefore art thou zinc? A word of warning. Don't expect your doctor to believe that zinc deficiency exists. They were taught that people on a good diet could never become zinc deficient. What they weren't taught is that we have a problem with soil depletion, digestive problems or excess, excessive losses which can lead to clinical zinc deficiency, but it won't show up in a serum zinc level. It will, however, make it show up in a red cell zinc level or in a hair analysis. Zinc is an intracurricular molecule that exhibits the pattern of deficiencies typical of these in that one can become deficient without it showing up in blood tests. An editorial in the British Medical Journal suggests that the best way to diagnose zinc deficiency was to give a trial of zinc. Interesting if that is the end of that chapter because I thought there'd be like a positive to that negative. Nope, that was the end of the chapter. So we're sitting around the 25 minute mark. I do apologise uh, for those of you who may have you know, medical anxiety or health anxiety, if that stressed you out. Um, I'm going to make an Instagram page because I realised if people actually are listening to this, and according to the stats, some people are, then I don't know if it's people who are listening more than once or if people are just listening once and finding out that they don't like it. But, yeah, if people are listening rather than having to give a review to give feedback or ask questions or put in a request or something um, I thought it would be good to have some form of contact so I was thinking Instagram um, I'll start with that if anyone would have if anyone has a different preference let me know um, yeah so I haven't created it yet but it will just have the same name as um, the podcast if it's available on Instagram if not, I will use the hashtag uh, Hermit Ramblings Podcast, so you can find it that way. Uh, thank you for being here. This one was a little bit longer than usual because um, I thought for myself I'd like to have them a little bit longer because even if I fall asleep in the first 15 minutes, I find that when you know that a podcast is going to end after 15 minutes, that you feel more pressure to fall asleep in that time. So... Hopefully you're sleeping now, but if you're not, then don't worry. Just relax. You can listen to this again if you like, or you can go and listen to the other ones, or check out a different podcast. Um, I'm happy to suggest some apps or podcasts if you like. Um, yeah. Hope you're doing okay. And if today was a bad day, then hopefully tomorrow's a better one. Sweet dreams.